0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges.
1: Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to help encourage millennial parents in their parenting journey. Thanks for joining us. I'm Veronica Avila.
2: And on this side, your favorite partner, Omar Ramos. (laughs) So today's podcast is called Prisoners in Plain Sight. We'll be talking about a growing issue around the world, human trafficking. As always, we have our resident expert, Dr. Alicia Laos. Thank you so much for joining us. Clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges. And we've also invited a special guest, an expert, Kathleen Wynne, an expert in human trafficking. Nonetheless, sits on the board for the Arizona Anti-Trafficking Network, the Shared Hope International, and also the executive director for AZ Men. Thank you so much for joining us, Kathleen. Can you please tell us about yourself and the kind of work that you do?
3: Thank you for having me. I've been working in the area of anti-trafficking primarily with underage sex trafficking of minors. Mm. It started about seven years ago when I was working for the Arizona Attorney General's office. And Linda Smith, the founder of Shared Hope International, showed up in our office and said that we had a sex trafficking problem in Arizona. And I was skeptical. Um, I hadn't seen it. She introduced me to some police that were in my local community, and we started to put together cases. And sure enough, children were being bought and sold for the criminal enterprise of sex trafficking. Once you see that, you can't unknow it, and started to take steps to change laws, to educate others into the fact that this crime was happening in our community, on our freeway system, in our schools. It's kind of taken on a life of its own and I've devoted the last seven years and will continue to work in this arena as long as I can uh, contribute and make a difference.
1: Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm sure we're all going to learn a great deal, and we're going to be um, taking steps into helping our kids. Now, there are approximately 21 million victims of human trafficking around the world, and this is by the International Labor Organization. Kathleen, let's start with the definition of what is human trafficking, because I know there's different types.
3: Well, there's human trafficking, which is the trafficking of persons which necessarily doesn't involve sex. So Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. victims of human trafficking are not being sex trafficked. They may be labor trafficked, so they they may be brought to a location and given limited resources and they may not be able to leave. They may be locked in mm-hmm. and or laboring in the agriculture. There's all different kinds of human trafficking, a nanny. There's just a million different applications. When it comes to sex trafficking, sex trafficking is done when a person is bought and sold through goods or services and usually held through force, fraud or coercion. Mm-hmm. And that is when a person is being sex trafficked. And We have all ages, but the one that is the most egregious, I think, that I take personal offense to is that of children. Of course. Children have no legal right to enter into contracts, so when you are selling a child for sex, it's a criminal enterprise. It is child rape, there's nothing redeemable about mm-hmm. anybody who engages in that, and and it's really the most alarming thing that we're seeing. It's not 17 year olds, but the average age in our country is 13 years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you're talking about our seventh graders. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, that the age and the desire to have a younger and younger child, um, and that people go online, and there's a whole dark web mm-hmm. where people, and much of human trafficking and sex trafficking is being transacted on the internet. So, how do we interrupt that and what do we do? But that's where it's happening. And then the, then there's goods and services out there that people are providing.
2: But people in massage parlors, that's a place mm-hmm. where sex acts can be bought and paid for. Exactly. Mm. Just to kind of break this down a little bit, you just mentioned the average age of uh, uh, human trafficking, especially when it's uh, when we're speaking about children, is 13 years of age. Are they the most common victims?
3: Thirteen-year-olds or, or yeah, just children, just in, children gen- in general? just children in general. Children are are more vulnerable. I don't know if they're the most common. We see less of that. But typically think about it. If you find an 18-year-old, we recover an 18- or 19-year-old, they didn't typically start that day. Mm-hmm. So they probably were groomed in as a minor, maybe 15, 16, 13. But children are more vulnerable because they're more social. Their whole way of communicating is on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Yes. They trust. They make friends. They don't. We warn them about, you you know, don't make friends with someone you don't know. Exactly. But I guarantee you right now on pretty much any teenager's (laughs) social media network, whatever they use to communicate with, there are people that they don't know that they're communicating with daily. And predators know where to find our kids. Mm -hmm. Predators are always looking for kids that are vulnerable. And when we go to a mall, predators will go and ask kids to meet them at the mall and they'll assess children that they're seeing and they won't pick on the most beautiful girl, they'll pick on what they call the middle girl. Mm -hmm. And the middle girl is the one that doesn't get complimented because she's more vulnerable Mm. and they know to target those with insecurities. They know to target the girl that isn't as confident, that that doesn't exude. Because the, the girl that's more confident is going to be harder to break down. Mm-hmm. But somebody who's insecure, predators know how to target those children. And as a teenager, if you think back, we all had insecurities. We all were trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And so the predators prey on that known quantity of someone who is uncertain of who they are and really tries to start to groom them, compliment them, build them up, but only for their own nefarious purpose down the road. Of course. And the grooming process can take six months to a year, because the profitability of selling a human being, if I'm a pimp and I have five girls or five children, girls and boys, I can make somewhere between one and a half to two and a half million dollars a year tax-free by the sale of a human being. Wow. Wow. Five to 10 to 15 sex acts a day, if not more, Um, and and, and it's, it's very profitable. And it's unfortunate, but it's very profitable.
2: I just wanted to add, I mean, obviously, we're here to learn about this and we want to join the battle to see how we can eradicate this problem. Now, are we talking about kids that get kidnapped? Or are they still living at home and then they, they participate with this? I mean, what's the dynamic here?
3: Less than 7% are kids that get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. That's the misnomer. We all think it's taken. Mm-hmm. You know, we always, the child screaming and yelling and being pulled out from underneath the bed. That's not how this happens. It does happen that way, but it's just so rare. Typically, it's somebody that they know. Unfortunately, maybe 30% is through family relations, not necessarily the parents, but someone in the family. The other 35, 37% is people that they meet online. So Mm -hmm. we say someone they know because they believe that they know this person. And many victims do not self-identify. They don't realize, they think, oh, I got into a bad relationship, or oh, this was a bad person. So we don't necessarily identify the perpetrator um, so it really goes underreported. But the grooming process, they typically try to isolate the child. Sometimes the kids may be living at home, but they tell them they put the fear of the Lord and they said they learn enough about the child or the child's family and they threaten, they start to threaten the kid with, if you tell anybody, we're going to hurt your family. Mm-hmm. So many of these, they kind of coerce them into silence when we see kids going back. At some point, then they'll start to move them or relocate them and move them away from from the family. And then they are essentially kidnapped, but they go willingly. It's not the, the true sense of what you con- would consider being kidnapped. They are they are with this person because they really, truly believe that this person loves them and mm-hmm. is going to provide for them and, and they're going to have their happily ever after, when in fact this person is using them and it will never turn out the way that they, the, the dreams that they've been sold. Those are just a hook to get them to go where they want them to go so that they can make the money off of this person.
1: Hmm. Wow. Okay, well, let's go into our first skit, and then we'll continue our conversation. Our skit is called Water Bottle Sales. Sir, sir, you want to stop? I have, I have some fresh cold water.
4: All right. It's for a good cause. Helps out kids. It's, it's nice and cold. Must be nice and a hot day. I'm sure you would enjoy that. It's cold.
5: You're doing a nice job out here, Jay. Why don't you take a break? Come talk to me for a minute. Okay. Get in on the other side, leave the water. How's that air conditioning feel? Good. Here, have an energy drink. It'll pick you up. Thanks. You've been doing a nice job out there, Jay. Really nice. You haven't paid off those bottles yet, but I've noticed you're really outgoing, aren't you?
6: I guess. When do you think I'll start making money?
5: Very soon, Jay. Real soon. That's why I wanted to talk to you. You need money to help your mom, right? Yes, sir. She works a lot of jobs. She's gone most of the day. Yes, sir. Here's the thing. It's kids like you, just like you, that always sell the most. You're just so damn persuasive. So we were thinking, if you know anyone else from your building, your neighborhood, that it would be great if you could ask them to help us. We'd even be able to pay you $20 for every new boy or girl you introduce to us. Really,
4: $20? Mm
5: Mm-hmm, and that would sure add up fast for a guy like you. There's boys and girls you know, aren't there?
4: Yeah, but what if their moms don't work like mine?
1: What if they don't need the money?
5: Everyone needs money, Jay. But I see your point. I have an idea. You know how all the money we make goes to after-school programs? Yeah. Well, if enough kids help us, we could organize a program just for us. We could get sports equipment, go camping even. Like with tents? If we sell enough water, yeah. So you see if anyone you know is interested in signing up for a program. Camping, basketball, sewing, we can do it all. And anyone that's interested, you bring to me. Now that's easy to sell, isn't it? Yeah. And you remember why no adults? (laughs)
4: Because they're greedy.
5: (laughs) Right. Grown-ups have so many ways to make money. This is something special just for up-and-comers.
4: Um, if I'm
6: bringing kids in, I can do that at night, but do I still have to sell bottles out here?
5: I'm afraid so. Remember, two dollars of every bottle goes to after-school programs to help more kids, and one dollar goes to you. You've still got a few buckets to go through before you pay off all the bottles. I can give my first twenty dollars. Let's not complicate things. You need to make as much as you can for your mom. That works, right, Jay? Right? Right? Okay. Okay, what?
6: Oh, okay, sir.
5: Now, you've had a nice break. Go, go back out there. No, no, keep the drink. It's a treat. I'll be seeing you soon, right, Jay? Remember, the more kids you bring, the better.
6: Yes, sir.
4: Wait, wait, wait. Can, can you stop for a second? I have some cold water. It helps out kids. It's After school programs. It's a nice hot day. I'm sure you can drink some water.
2: Okay, and we're back, and it's a skit that we just heard. It kind of reminds me sometimes of these kids that you see in downtown walking around mm-hmm. with chocolates in their hands, and and it seems like they have the same story, and they have everything memorized, what they have to say, and sometimes you just wonder if they're, if those chocolates are really selling them for their basketball team. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's just. Something that popped into my head right now. But um, so uh, going back to you, Kathleen, we just heard Jay selling water bottles to help out his mom. Obviously, he's concerned about her. He wants to help her out. His mom's already working various jobs to make ends meet. Jay, it seems like he's a victim already. Mm -hmm. Somebody's already kind of taking control of his life in that aspect. The traffickers are now using him to lure in more kids. Now, two questions for you Does he know that he's a victim? And how common is a tactic used to attract kids? Because it seems like this person was kind of walking into that fantasy of a child and saying, Hey, we could take you to a camping trip, we would take you swimming, we could do these things that kids love to do, so mm-hmm. he's kind of jumping into that to kind of lure him to work for the for mm-hmm. the system, right? Right.
3: So this is no different, this is labor trafficking, but this is no different mm. because basically you heard a bunch of things that I kind of mentioned previously which Mom is gone, so he this gentleman knows about his personal situation. Of course. And he's using his personal situation mm-hmm. to keep him engaged in the labor that he wants, the, the selling of the water bottles. He also builds them up. Did you hear him say, Oh, you're doing a great job and you got this great mm-hmm. personality, which is again part of the grooming process. You're so wonderful, you're so great. Just continuing to feed their ego. Recruitment is a big part of any of the of yeah. these trafficking. Bring more people in. Oh, by the way, you get this much for selling a water bottle, but you get this much if you recruit more people. Mm. So the recruitment becomes the bonus also. So now you're engaging other people into this. And this is how trafficking networks can grow. He gets a bonus for that if, mm-hmm. he, if he brings the kids in. And this is true of sex trafficking also. There's organized way to do that. So, And then he's telling him about the vision, like you said, the camps, and this is good. Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to do something that is contributing. That People want to be of service to other people. So they use that hook to do that. But he was clearly the gentleman um, who's Perpetrating all this is clearly in control. He pretends like he's, you know, giving him this energy drink is like a favor, treating him like he's elevated, he's on the inside, and he's going to get to have some position with him. But it's all to, I guarantee you not one nickel will probably be spent on those programs, right? Wow, yeah.
2: yeah.
6: You know, that's the unfortunate thing. I think for parents that are out there listening to this, this is just a huge warning mm-hmm. of sign that your kids are hungry for attention and hungry to be loved and cared for and valued, and that when they don't get that, they're prey for others to use that mm-hmm. to, for whatever ill purposes and know that they have in mind, whether it's human trafficking or sex trafficking, they have an entry door when you're not the primary influencer in the child's life. Somebody else will pick up on it. And um, with so many no boundaries right now, like mm-hmm. you're talking about the Internet yes. that is coming into your home. I think. When you think of some sex trafficking in my brain, I think, oh, in another country or, you know, someone's got to come to your house and drag the child out of the bed. Mm -hmm. You think of these forceful acts and actually we're letting all of this in our home with the open door of the Internet and kids are falling prey to it. So I think the second takeaway that I, I get from this is we really have to be mindful of the things that we're allowing inside our homes that are not like the thief that's coming to steal your child, and he's got you know a mask in his eye, you know, in his face to cover him. But it's just the entryway of the internet that you're letting your child have access to without any controls or any supervision, and they're falling prey to all of this.
1: Wow, pretty scary. Now there's an, an estimated 5.5 million children that are being trafficked around the world, according to UNICEF. And before we we started recording the podcast, Kathleen, you were telling me off the air exactly that that these predators are coming into our homes. We don't realize it. And right now that you said the grooming process is from six months to a year. So these are people that our kids are getting to know, are getting to trust. And then eventually we've seen cases on on TV meeting up and then you don't know about them or you know about them later. Um, There was a case here in Plainfield with a girl that was, she was lured into it by somebody that she met online, that she thought was her boyfriend and was going to take her to do this awesome career. And then he was using her for sex trafficking in another suburb here in Illinois. He held her for about six months, I believe. And then finally she was able to get in contact with her mom and, and get out of the situation. But goodness, we think, Alisa, like you're saying, that it's out of this country, and it's not. It's here. How scary. What steps can we take as parents to avoid this or to help our kids avoid this?
3: I think one of the things you need to know is who are your kids hanging out with mm-hmm. and where are they going online? And I know that there's some apps that you can you can track. I know people say, Oh, I don't you know, privacy, but as the parent, making sure your child is safe and secure and they get to become an adult and then also contributing and Alicia can speak more to this, but all the things that parents need to contribute so that you have that bond. So that I'm in this scenario that we just heard, it doesn't sound like mom knows that son mm-hmm. is out selling the water. So that to me is a red flag that mm-hmm. why doesn't mom know that the son is, is selling the water. But more importantly, having safe, safe places and if something is to happen letting that child know that no matter what happens to them, it's okay to call. No matter mm-hmm. how bad the situation gets, I will always love you. I may be mad at you, but I will always love you. You always have an open door. I always want to know where you are and what you're doing and that you're safe. And I think sometimes children have shame and these perpetrators put shame on them. Well, you're not gonna be worth anything anymore, especially with, with mm-hmm. sex trafficking. You're yeah. just a throwaway. If they cared about you, they would have come and found you by now. And they feed into that. So I think it's important that we as parents set up resiliency within our kids, make them confident, let them know Mm -hmm. that they may make mistakes, but that no matter what, we as parents will always open the door Mm -hmm. for them, that we will always be forgiving, and that we wanna help them. No matter how mad we may get in the moment, we we always are standing there for them because we love our children. Yeah,
6: I know that in the cases where I've seen where runaway kids, it's often because the, the grass always seems greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so they're craving that and they're seeing that because at home it's chaos. And it really is. And so they're just looking for, you know, and so it just one person comes in and invests in them for that long since months yes. to a year. The hook is very, very tempting. I want to. If it's okay, I'd like to. Sure. What we what we've
3: learned now is that by the time a child is seventeen, they will have seen and heard sixty four thousand nine hundred and twenty three hours. So let's call it sixty five thousand hours of social media. So. You as a parent are already up against sixty-five thousand hours of social media, mm. and unless you can sing really well and dance and you know <laughs> do all those other things, you're just not as entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. the predators again know how to get in there, so we are competing against that. And I think that it's really important as parents to know what they're watching, where they're going, what they think is important, know their priorities so at least you can be aware of what they are because the predators are learning their priorities mm-hmm. and are going to try to use them to snare them. So I think it's important that we understand that we're competing with that.
2: Now, Kathleen, what are the signs? Based on your experience, what are the signs or the red flags that this could be happening maybe to a family member or to a child that you maybe seen you at a restaurant and they walked up trying to sell gum to you what are the signs that might make you think hey there's a possibility that this child is very vulnerable and might be experiencing something like this and mm-hmm. and you were speaking about social media are there certain outlets Media platforms, social media platforms that are the, the riskier than others.
3: There are many social media. I, I think most of the kids aren't on Facebook anymore. That's the, I'm told. That's where all the grandparents are. And
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I ask you this I'll, because I'll like plead guilty to yeah, that. My daughter, she's always on this app that kids are just addicted to. It's called Musically. And I've noticed her sometimes that someone can say something negative to her, and she would just like her day is like it's all over with.
3: Right, it's it's bullying actually, just at a different level. Snapchat, there's mm-hmm. there's a million. I, I I should have. I have a list because it okay. keeps changing. But okay. but the kids all know and they kind of morph from one to the other. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 like mm-hmm. the top twenty songs. Mm-hmm. There's a different app every day. I know there's Bumble, which is a dating app site. There's just all these places that kids can go, but they constantly know and they move from from site to site. Mm-hmm. The problem is that. As a parent, you probably need to know and, and have the kids teach you which they're going on, but many kids, when they get to a certain age, don't want to share that with exactly. their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're so smart, they know how to get around the whole wow. pharmacy yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll play it off somehow, they'll play yeah, it off somehow. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but, you, but you asked about if we see something. So, you know, one of the things we say is hiding in plain sight. Stage bruising, so if you, we spent some time educating pregnancy clinics and emergency room doctors because they were treating a broken arm or a black eye or some other ailment, but they weren't understanding that that was a trafficking victim. Mm -hmm. So um, tattoos that have the name of somebody or uh, branding, uh, like a a barcode, um, Mm -hmm. just different uh, Mm. because many of our trafficking victims are tattooed because tattoos are very popular Mm -hmm. right now. They're very much in the culture. But if I'm a pimp or a trafficker, I may brand you. Because you're my property. Wow. And so that's something to look for. Um, if someone has staged bruising, so they have different stages of bruising that that typically could be domestic violence, but but it also someone who's being sex trafficked because the the pimp will usually pick one of their victim, one of their people that they're trafficking and abuse that person so that it keeps all the others in line because they mm-hmm. don't want to go through what that person is going through. Wow. Okay. Um, so there's and, and I you know domestic violence is a serious issue. What I say is everybody who's a victim of domestic violence isn't necessarily being trafficked, but everyone who's being trafficked is a victim of domestic violence. There's just, In order to keep somebody, you you will use that as the force to keep them in control. Um, so just how do they talk for themselves, or does this person come and answer questions for mm-hmm. them? Typically, if someone's being trafficked, their trafficker will be, with, they don't want them to run. So they'll be very close, even if it's across the street. So are they allowed to speak for themselves? Will they answer questions themselves? typically they will not. So those are things to start to look at. Do you have an older man with a younger child Mm -hmm. that doesn't, they don't look related? And that the child is not in. You, you can tell when it's a parent and a mm-hmm. kid, but you cannot, you know, when it's when they don't look together. Something looks off. Yeah. Something looks off. And that's when you call, you know, Polaris is one of the people that we talked about before we came on air. I think it's 888 3737 888. 888 3737 888. Yes. And, and you can let them know where you are. And don't go in and go all Rambo. We tell people not to engage these people. <laughs> this is a lot of money for them and they're dangerous. So, but let them know because the police will investigate. So I think, just trust your gut if you see something that doesn't look right. But Mm -hmm. also, if someone just looks out of place, they don't look like they fit in where they are. And children typically in this situation may be drugged. There's just a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. It's not one thing, but they become the property of the people that are selling them. And, And that's the terrifying thing.
1: Now, most parents, most of us parents love our kids and we don't want to harm our kids. Unfortunately, there are some few cases where, and I recently saw a story on a newscast about a lady that was being trafficked sexually as a child Mm -hmm. by her mom. Mm -hmm. Very sad story. She was able to overcome it. This was a long time ago. But these cases, we continue to see some of these cases on the news. How can we as a community look for signs in children that might be going through this, maybe in the neighborhood?
3: I think the thing... To recognize is that we have we have a lot of broken families in our country mm-hmm. right now. It's a, it's epidemic. It's the first time in our country that we've had less people married than married. Mm-hmm. Um, so I advocate for strong families. I think that the other thing to realize is that substance abuse is related to this. So we have parents that will sell children to drug dealers to get drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at our foster care system, 92% of the kids that are removed are removed because of substance abuse by the parents. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of grandparents raising grandchildren right now, and grandparents really have raised their children and shouldn't be raising, and they don't have the astuteness with the internet. They weren't raised with it, so Mm -hmm. now you've got young kids in homes that they really are not their home, and so they become more vulnerable just by the fact, and they're angry. You know, the person that was supposed to love them Mm -hmm. and raise them isn't there to do it, and they act out and they wanna be free of whatever constraint group homes or or grandparents or wherever they're living, and so you see them go down a different path if they had a healthy home to, to be raised in. So look for those kinds of kids. If you hear a child or a family is getting divorced, kids are especially vulnerable through a divorce situation. Unfortunately, adults don't always act well when they're getting divorced, and so those are times when kids can become more vulnerable. Uh, parents being deployed, children of military, when parents are deployed, mm-hmm. become more vulnerable. So they transitions. transitions. Transitions, exactly. Mm-hmm. And any stress or trauma to the family, so if you know of trauma or stress to a family, that is a time when the community should be able to come around to family and knowing and we just I hope we get back to knowing who our neighbors are but there was a time when we used to know mm-hmm. who lived next door to us. We didn't drive our car and shut the garage and then we didn't see each other. Yeah. So I think that it's just being aware of who's around you and who do your kids go to school with and knowing the parents and really being involved in your kids lives. So I think it's, it's important that we know who our kids are with, where they're going, what they're doing. Be the home where your kids come play. Kids always hung out at mm-hmm. our house, you know, and I, I did that because I wanted, to, I wanted my kids to be happy, but I also wanted to know who they were hanging out with. And you as a parent will get a red flag if there's a kid that you don't think is, is a good kid. Find out about that because you want to know who your kids, they're being influenced. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's a time when your kid gets to be a teenager, you are not the greatest influence. And your work there has already you have already have to have laid a foundation. So you want to make sure that you can give them the tools and skills for them to do their own discernment. Mm -hmm. You know, the greatest thing as a parent when your kid comes home and says, you know, this new kid I'm not so sure about, that makes me happy as a parent because I know that they're they're using some value judgment to see whether or not and then we figure out what's going on. But I also think it's important to know that we have many people meeting people online that they don't know and meeting up with those people, people they didn't know, and parents will swear that their kids wouldn't do it, and yet there's all these experiments that have been done and every time these young girls will go to meet these young boys, 100%. And so. Whatever that dynamic is, boys and girls have gotten together for centuries. We need to understand that that's happening, and we need to protect our kids against the new dynamic of how kids socialize and how they meet up. We're behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, the internet went shoo, like this, and we have we're running to catch up. Exactly. And we need to understand that that those people are in our homes by virtue of the fact that they're internet, and you wouldn't let half the people in your home that your kids are talking to. It's not an easy problem, Mm -hmm. but it all goes back to parenting. It does. And how important that is, and what a crucial role if we bring a child into this world that we have as a parent to shepherd them through until they become adults.
2: Great information, Kathleen, thank you for that. So we're gonna go ahead and proceed over to the next skit. This is called Hard Knocks.
1: What are we? Where is this?
0: Nothing to worry about, my sweet June. Here, this is for you.
7: I want my rock.
0: This is better. It'll get you straight. Take it. It's
7: not what I want.
0: Sit up. Come here. Do it. There you go. Give it five minutes.
7: You promised me rock.
0: I got you some modeling work. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Your first client's on his way now. Really? Who? Just do what he says, whatever he says. Do a good job and you'll get more work. He's connected. Connected how? He knows a lot of people looking for models. They pay well. You're so close to that modeling contract, June. This here's the finish line.
7: That's nice.
0: When you hear a knock on the door, that's him. Just open up. How do you feel? Are you awake yet? Uh Uh-huh. Go to the bathroom. Fix yourself up. Here.
7: I could use some... some white to pick me up.
0: I told you. After. When you're done. If you do a good job.
7: I need some now. Hey!
0: Are you gonna mess this up for us, you idiot junkie? No! If you have any shot at this, you have to listen to me. What do you got without me, huh? I'm sorry, Mickey. I don't know what I was thinking. You're a joke. No one's gonna want you like this. I can fix it. You have to make yourself pretty. Like in your pictures. Or no rock.
7: Okay, okay, okay. I I can do that. I will.
0: You might stay here for a little while. Would you like that? Your own room? Uh Uh-huh. Good. You can get more work done here than at that apartment. You got three minutes, maybe. You feel ready?
7: I can, I can, I can. Hey, come here. No no no, I just need some some base I, I, I mean foundation. I
0: said come here. Yeah. You're my everything. You know that? Yeah. You look great. Come sit on the bed. Remember, when you hear a knock, open the door. Do what he says. I've done as much as I can. The rest is up to you.
7: All right.
1: (sighs) Wow. We just heard 19-year-old June and her boyfriend Mick, who's 35, and he obviously got her into sex trafficking and drug addiction. This question is for Dr. Laos. Why do girls get involved, or, or why is it so easy for them to get lured into this by a boyfriend that's... He's almost twice our age. Well, we see
6: the addictive cycle here, but mm-hmm. let's back up a little bit. All of us can identify with the likes on Facebook, mm-hmm. okay? You get a like and you love it. So the power of getting that attention is huge. It's actually quite addictive. It is. Neurologically, it's addictive. There's been studies that it activates the same mm-hmm. brain components that drugs do. And so the power of someone noticing and valuing you is kind of like getting high mm-hmm. and so now you take it you have that experience that you experienced as a normal adult if you will a regular adult and now just transfer it and you add to it addictive substances and now you've got that two powerful agents working together someone that basically owns the heart Mm-hmm. of a person by their words, by their smooth talking, the things that they crave, that they value for a long time. And then that coupled with the agent of the drug agent mm-hmm. and what that does biologically. So you've got a couple of very powerful, addictive sources that are really fueling that whole cycle, the addiction
1: cycle that you that you hear play out. Wow, it's, it was such a controlling cycle because yeah. he first he talked, sweet talked her, and then he told her, This is what you have to do. When she said no, no, you have to do it now. And then he abused her horribly and then went back into sweet talking her, and she just fell back into it. She craves uh-huh. being known. Yes. She
6: craves that, those sweet talking conversations. She yes. craves it. She craves the drugs. So you've got those two things. And he basically has her wrapped around his finger in terms of what it is that he asks her to do.
2: Wow. Yeah, there's like a, there's like a biological bond there, right, that he provides mm-hmm. the drug that she needs to feel better, mm-hmm. and nonetheless the emotional bond, you know, so like you said, he's got her wrapped around his fingers. Kathleen, I know we, we already kind of touched the subject about how these traffickers or predators are contacting our kids. What other mechanisms or methods are they using when it doesn't come to the digital world?
3: Oh, I think, I don't know what they're using if it's not digital, because the buyers, so I'd like to address the people that are buying Mm -hmm. people for sex, um, the demand side, because if we didn't have buyers, Mm -hmm. this would all go away. Of course. And so the other side of this is people that are buying, and pretty much how you transact this is you go online and you order someone for sex like you order a pizza. And you really do say, I want blonde hair, or I want brunette hair, or I want red head, or I want this height, or I want this body type. And it really is, that's how it's transacted. Wow! The days of going, not that that doesn't happen, not that there's not tracks, but the days of driving down a street and someone walking mm-hmm. to your car. I would tell you, you have a greater chance of that being a, a law enforcement officer than someone who's legitimately conducting, I say legitimately conducting this illegitimate business.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: The, the crime of sex trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in our country. So the number one crime is drugs, the number two crime is trafficking. Wow. And the number three is, is weapons, just mm-hmm. in third. And this is growing, growing, growing because the profitability. When mm-hmm. you sell drugs, they're gone. But when you sell a human being, you can sell them over and over again. So you will find that it's described as escort service or mm-hmm. there's a sugar daddies at ASU campus in, in, in Arizona where girls are paid to be dates and then depending on what arrangement the girl makes with her sugar daddy, Mm -hmm. um, they can do all kinds of things. We have strip clubs, so we have young girls that are under the age of 18 showing up at 15, 16, and 17 because they want to get a career in pornography. And we haven't even touched on pornography, but that's a whole other way that- Entry point. Entry Mm -hmm. point, yes, exactly, that people are trying to get in. So again, this is just, it's multifaceted, but I believe that, you know, as you look at this, One of the reasons young people want to do it is they want that celebrity. They want that status. status. They want to have things, purses and jackets. We had a a sex trafficking ring in one of our local high schools where there was no pimp. These girls were selling themselves. And the recruitment of other girls in their their school started with two and it ended up with six girls. They were only selling themselves for $60, $80 sex acts, but they got $250 if they brought a new girl into it. Mm. So, And it was discovered because a mom opened up a bank account, $8,000 in there, and said, where did this money come uh-huh. from? And they unraveled this. But at the same time, here were high school girls selling themselves because they wanted jackets and purses, all from very well-to-do families. Where did they learn that? They Mm -hmm. learned that because that's what society has been demanding, that we have no boundaries. And I think as parents, one of the things we have to restore Mm -hmm. is the importance of our bodies, of protecting them, of not just sexual exploitation, which is so prevalent for this young generation right now. Yes.
2: Jeez, how do we protect our people, our our family, our kids? How do we, I mean, what kind of intervention do parents have to do to protect our youth from this? If it's growing so rapidly, I mean, we have to, like, get ready and uh, punch back. Talk.
3: But when? <laughs> How? I, I think... If you start to have conversations with your kids when they're in junior high, early high school, what do you want to be? What do you, What vision do you have for yourself? Really start to create with your kids mm-hmm. what their life is for and what their purpose is for. Mm-hmm. This won't be a detour that they would readily take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if they have something else to step into, and they can change it, but give them some kind of support for, you know, you're really good at this. What? Because I, I guarantee you, if you're not,
6: somebody else will. Definitely. It's some passion, to develop mm-hmm. a passion. Yeah. And is something that you strive towards and I would add to that that when your child interrupts your day-to-day chores or interrupts your paying bills and says dad come out let's play some basketball hoops go and play basketball hoops I mean because sometimes I do think that we make it very complicated mm-hmm. and honestly if they're being nurtured and again going back we keep having the same conversation if we're nurturing their value their identity and who they are and building that bond with those little things so when you're being asked to be interrupted know that when you say no you're allowing someone else to jump in and step in so it's uncomfortable to be interrupted because you have lots of things to do and you have lots of bills to pay and whatever it is that you your old world but every time you say no to your child when they ask you to go play with them you're saying yes to any of these predators any of these things to take a root of
1: their heart wow that's a big lesson that's a big lesson let's take note of that because seriously yes just like you were saying doctor if we pay attention with the little things then later on you're building you're cultivating that relationship with your child later on even if it's for 10 minutes you give it Mm -hmm.
6: boundaries hey I'm only going to be able to spend 10 minutes with you right now because mommy has to get back to this but you cultivate that relationship Mm -hmm. and now there's not that emptiness and when they have that emptiness and that longing to connect they're going to go look for it somewhere else drugs a new purse a new pair of shoes I mean something else to fill in that void
3: I think too we can teach our children to learn from other people's experiences there's now been uh, enough cases out there of people that have been trafficked and the consequences to their own personal lives Mm -hmm. to start to educate kids on here's what happens if you go down this path and and that therefore they don't have to experience it but we can it's a current relevant topic that we as parents can be interested in and share age appropriately, mm-hmm. but age appropriately with our children about here's what happens if if, if you don't kind of follow a, a, a path or if you go way off the rails. That's not to suppress creativity or, or anything that the kid is trying to, a child is trying to learn, but at the same time. Parents need to not be our kids' best friends, but we need to put in boundaries, because without those boundaries, when kids get out on their own, they don't know, and they will go mm-hmm. way beyond True. what's safe. And and I would just want to underline that that it's not like there's one type of person that's paying for sex or one type of person that's selling. It is all races. It is all colors. It is all ages. Mm. We did an undercover operation in Arizona mm-hmm. in November. The buyers were 19 to 70. They were trying to have sex with a 13-year-old child. Wow. They were showing up at someone's home thinking that they were going to have sex. There was no child. Mm-hmm. It was a staying operation. But we arrested 13 men in a three-day operation that was not on a weekend, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 8 to 5. And we had 42 leads and over 200 and almost 300 uh, people like writing in that wanted to have do this so so what and that's just Mesa Arizona Mm -hmm. you could take that and put that anywhere in the country so we have to start to educate our adults as to the cost of this next generation because and if you get arrested for having sex with a child in many states you're going to go away to jail so you are not what are you risking when -hmm. you do this for your own family a lot yeah it's all you're really putting it all on the line I think if we can educate our children, but also educate our adults at the yes. same time, and, you know, like we did with smoking, you know, there was a time where people thought smoking was healthy.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
3: we now need to shift that paradigm for this
1: crime. Well, thank you for that information. How about we listen to our next skit? It's actually our last skit, and this is called Prisoners.
7: You've reached the National Human Trafficking Hotline. If you or someone near you is in immediate danger, I'm going to ask you to hang up and call 911. Are you in danger? No, ma'am. Are you near someone now you believe to be a victim or a proponent of human trafficking?
4: No, this was this morning. I'm home now.
7: All right. At this time, I'd like to state that everything you say is confidential and that you may remain anonymous if you prefer. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You just let me know what you think, and please let me know if I can clarify anything for you. Okay. What type of trafficking are you calling to report? Number one, sex. Number two, labor. Number three, sex and labor. Or number four, other.
4: Um, Labor, I think. Number two.
7: Are you calling to report multiple victims? Yes or no?
4: Uh, no, just one that I saw.
7: Is the victim a minor? Yes or no? No. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to ask you to tell me what you observed. If you could, please provide as many details as possible, including the date and time of the incident.
4: Okay. Um, it was this morning today. I was getting a manicure. I had an appointment for 10:50, and when I arrived, the owner of the salon seemed irritated, and he ushered me over to a nail technician, I guess, and she, uh... She seemed fine at first, she didn't speak English, but I picked out a polish and she started applying it, but her hands were shaking really terribly and she wouldn't make eye contact with me, but she kept wiping my nails clean and starting again. And the owner was at his desk the whole time and it seemed like maybe he was watching because when he left the room, the woman took a note out from her pocket and tried to give it to me she was whispering i i don't know what language and and she tried to get me to take the paper but i was confused i should have taken it she had written a single word misspelled p-r-i-s-n-u-r-s and i read it and i asked prisoners prisoners that's what I think she meant to write. But then the owner came back and she put the note away. He didn't see it, but he walked over and started not yelling, but speaking very sharply. She stood up and the owner apologized in English and I said I wanted to leave. He offered to call up my manicure and asked me to stay, but I just wanted to go. And, you know, I didn't quite figure out what was happening right then but I was talking to a friend of mine afterward and she said it sounded like maybe forced labor so I looked it up and I just thought I would call
7: I'm glad you did is there anything else you remember about your interaction with the believed victim was she wearing a name tag for instance no all right I just have a few more questions if that's okay
4: sure anything
7: can you provide me with the name of the business owner
4: his name? Um, maybe. I have a business card for the salon around
1: here somewhere. Just a second, hold on. Okay, so we just heard Leslie reporting a labor trafficking case to the National Hotline of Human Trafficking, which, by the way, if you need help or anyone that you know you think may need help, the number to that hotline is 888-373-7888. Now, we saw this case happening at a nail salon, and the victim didn't speak English. She was nervous. She seeked uh, seek help by handling or handing Leslie a paper that said prisoners. Kathleen, how common is this? in these kinds of places. I know I've been to the nail salon, and I've been suspicious, but maybe I'm thinking, maybe it's just me and my mind, and I've seen too many shows. But how common is this? It's common, but it's
3: not every nail salon. Mm is. again, every massage parlor. There's legitimate nail salons, there's legitimate massage parlors. But it's when people are not willing to make eye contact. Exactly. It's when people are terrified wherever they are. and You can tell when someone is comfortable in their space and someone is intimidated in their space. I think you just, again, have to be aware of your surroundings and just, if you think if something is happening, as you can tell, they didn't even ask for the person's name that called. So if you are suspect of a situation in your neighborhood, in your community, something seems out of place, make the call. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost you anything. They're not going to call you back. Just If you have an inkling that this is happening, what this young lady did was that exactly the appropriate thing to do. And she didn't know. You don't recognize it. You're not thinking that that's happening. You're going to get your nails done, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's an exact appropriate action that she took. They will then turn it over. I guarantee you she would not have been the only one if that was happening there. So if the police start to get four, five, eight calls, they will prioritize this location. They may even send an officer in undercover. And they will look to see whether or not this is a legitimate place of business. Communities don't want these kinds of businesses in their community because they they breed problems, cr- drugs, <laughs> criminal enterprise. Exactly. Yeah. So so exactly what you want to do. But that was an ex- that was a textbook case of what you should do with those circumstances, and that's really encouraging to hear.
2: Thank you, Kathleen. Once again, for anyone that might suspect a situation is going on, you could always call the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That is. Uh, I repeat 888-373-7888 moving forward Kathleen because you just uh, answered one of the questions that I was going to ask you when do we take the time and how do we approach our kids about this very sensitive subject you know, how do you sit down with your child and say, hey, you know what, this is going on, or is that the way you approach it, or do you find a way to sugarcoat it, or or how do you say something like this to a child without freaking them out?
3: It's great that you just asked that question. I think I shared with you offline that I have seven granddaughters. Mm-hmm. My my One of my daughters has a three-year-old, and she's already started to institute appropriate boundaries. Like, if, if my granddaughter doesn't want to go with someone, they're not forcing her to do that. They're, they're saying it's okay for her to decide if she wants to be hugged by someone. Mm -hmm. or or hug somebody so that she doesn't feel like she has to do it. Mm -hmm. I think it's really healthy that we start to teach our kids even, you know, at an earlier age, you don't have to go with strangers. You don't have to, not stranger danger, because I think that puts fear where it might not necessarily need to be there, but, Mm -hmm. but just awareness. But as for your children who are in junior high, they know so much more than you think that they know. And we have kids trading inappropriate pictures, nude photos, yeah. that's epidemic, that's in our junior highs. We have sex acts being performed in our school bathrooms around the country. So I would tell you that, again, be appropriate with your child. You know how mature and, and stuff your child is, but nine, 10, as you start to you know, talk about the facts of life and reproduction, start to talk about other things that are associated with that. And also about your physical body and what's appropriate, what's not. You, as a parent, this is your child. You have your own beliefs. You know, raise your kids up the way that you feel comfortable. But the conversation and the communication is so key. Mm -hmm. Don't let them learn that stuff not from you because if they're going online to learn it, they're not gonna get what you want them to get, I assure you. Exactly. I think that there's a trend. I think we're moving back away from the extreme everything-goes behavior. I think we've seen that that didn't work, Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. And, And as parents, we have an opportunity to make that pendulum go a little bit faster by guiding kids with good values, but give them something else. This next generation of children seems to want to do stuff to make the planet better. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so let's use that as a way to engage them in the things. And if we give them these problems to solve, clean air, clean water, healthy food, healthy relationships, let's give them those things. I have confidence that our youth can take this on and really make the kind of change in our, in our world that we want to see. But have them be a part of that. And us as parents, we can engage them and encourage them to do that because we can show them the things that haven't worked Mm -hmm. without making them wrong or being uh, domineering over them and say, you need to fix this. That's not going to invite anybody. We need to be inviting and encouraging so that in order to have them want to be engaged, that they can see they're part of transforming Mm -hmm. something for the good.
6: good. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Now, I'd like to go back to the victims of trafficking. You can talk to us about the state of mind they're, they're in. But what can we say, what can you say to them if they feel guilty or that there's no way out of their activities? Well, the first thing I'd say is that many of the victims, uh, like the second
3: scenario, they don't see themselves as victims. They do not self identify as victims. They really think they're in this relationship. And they really think if they just do one more thing for this guy, then they're going to get there happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't self identify. What I would tell you, though, is if they need services, if they need anything, just offer to to get them the services they need. If they say, you know, I have this pain in my shoulder, or I have a headache, or whatever it is, or typically if you can tell that they're being dominated by the person that's with them, very often people that are being sex trafficked, their pimp is not going to be more than two feet away from them they are not going to get a chance to have a long, detailed conversation with you. So be sensitive, because if they do talk to you and the pimp thinks that they've said something inappropriate, they may be entitled to a beating. So you mm. want to be careful to not try to be too helpful and to insert yourself in a situation, because the end result to this victim may be domestic violence or some other measures to correct, because the pimp is trying to control them, as you could hear in the scenario. Even in the human trafficking scenario, the owner was trying to enforce mm-hmm. his will. So you want to just be careful. But if, you, if someone comes to you and they say, I want out, or there's police organizations, there's victim-survivor organizations in your community, um, and if you're unsure, you can call Polaris, you can call Shared Hope International. They know where to connect survivors but the survivors themselves have created a network across the country they help each other because they've walked in those shoes mm-hmm. and they really are growing because it's now safe to come out and say i was victim i was a victim of sex trafficking mm-hmm. which it wasn't okay just mm-hmm. a very brief time ago yes so that's a great that's another sign that we are now ready to address this issue because we can now honor those that unfortunately were dishonored for so long and help with the psychological damage that's been done. You've got traumatic brain injuries, you've got PTSD, a lot of trauma that happened to these people. And they may live with that for the rest of their lives, but at least now we can give them a place where they can heal. Yes. And they are trying to get other women out. So the good news is we have many community groups across mm-hmm. the country that go out and go to strip clubs on Fridays and bring little goodie bags. The strip club owners actually let them come in. So we're working to shift that. My hope is that we continue to honor those that have been dishonored in our society and that we as a, as a race and a, as a group of people, that we stop to... Uh, look to see the cost of what it is when you pay for another human being to do something for you. Yeah. It's modern day slavery, and it was not okay hundreds of years ago, and it's not okay now. So, what do we do to stop that? And our own actions, you know, what can you do personally? Mm-hmm. And if you know someone that's paying for prostitutes or paying for sex, see if there's a better use of their time and energy because it really does destroy families. It does. On many different levels. Wow. I don't want to sound too preachy.
5: (laughs) Goodness, no, but it's, it's,
1: thank you, thank you for that, because I think we can all put our, in Spanish we say our granito de arena. We can help, we can help the cause, help the victims, and help raise awareness of such an important um, topic, such such a big crime.
2: And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, try to make this society a whole lot better. You know, Mm -hmm. why not? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Wow. Phenomenal information. Kathleen, thank you so much for uh, traveling from wherever it is that you were at to Chicago.
3: (laughs) Arizona. Arizona.
2: Arizona. Hot Arizona. Hot Arizona. Right before we uh, disconnect here, anything else you'd like to add as far as any upcoming projects or anything you'd like to share with the audience today?
3: I just want to say thank you for letting me come in today. This is the kind of topic that takes concern. But I also want to leave people with hope, because we are talking about it, and these kinds of conversations are important to have. There's many resources out there, so look to see what your local communities are doing. Mm-hmm. Here in Chicago, Sheriff Dart has been a huge champion out of Cook County. Your Cook County Sheriff took on Backpage. Mm-hmm. There's a case in October that's coming up where Backpage sold children online, um, and they're being prosecuted for it, and um, I, wow. will, I will be there at that trial, because when we started six years ago go, there was no hope that they could even win. So we are hopeful. But thank you so much for letting me come. Just be vigilant
1: and love your kids. So thank you. Thank you for being uh, with us. Thank you, Dr. Lavos, for also uh, sharing with us. Thank you,
6: Kathleen, for coming out. Really appreciative and teaching us
1: about so many um, so many concerns that we need to be aware of as parents. Yes, 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 yes. A big topic. Now, in our next podcast, we will be uh, beginning our series titled, Nurture Your Child's Heart and Brain. You don't want to miss that one.
2: Of course not. Thanks for listening to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Remember that sharing is caring. Please help. So make sure that you share uh, today's podcast with friends and family.
1: You can download it now at iTunes and never miss a topic. Check out also other supporting resources on our Family Bridges app that's also available on iTunes.
2: Really cool. We have an app now for you guys. Yes, so download we do. it today. Descargarlo, por favor. On social media, stay up to date with blocks, tips, and a lot more using the hashtag. The Struggle Is Real or simply hashtag T-S-I-R.
1: Thank you for tuning in. We're Veronica Avila.
2: And I am Omar Ramos. Till next next time. time.
0: This was The Struggle Is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle Is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.